Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. The Grizz continue to dominate defensively. Brent Vegan earned his first win at Montana State, and Florence and Loyola each posted huge victories over the weekend. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. The Montana Grizzlies played their first game at Washington Grizzly Stadium since December 5th of 2019, drilling Western Illinois 42-7 in front of a capacity crowd under the light Saturday night in Missoula. The Grizz defense has not allowed a single point in 115 minutes of game time and has given up just one offensive touchdown this season on an opening drive to the number 20 Washington Huskies in Seattle in Montana season opener. UM allowed Western Illinois just 151 yards of total offense, rolling up six sacks and 11 tackles for loss in the process. Montana senior Cam Humphrey threw five touchdowns and the Grizz rushed for 242 yards despite their top three running backs missing the contest with various injuries. The Grizz have a bye this week. Montana State opened its home slate with a 45-7 drubbing of Drake in front of a capacity crowd for MSU's annual Gold Rush game at Bobcat Stadium Saturday night. Matt McKay threw for 256 yards and three touchdowns, including two to Willie Patterson and MSU senior Lance McCutcheon hauled in seven passes for 121 yards and a 45-yard score as Vegan posted his first win as Bobcat head coach. Montana State hosts San Diego on Saturday. And finally, in the high school ranks, number one Florence destroyed number seven Three Forks 43-0, while Missoula Loyola pulled out a 2014 win over defending Class B State champion Manhattan in overtime. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Garden City Plumbing and Heating. Is new one is now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Missoula, it's well statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Great to be with you on a Monday. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. 
It seems like we've been waiting for this day forever and ever and ever. We were waiting for college football's return for more than 600 days here in the Treasure State. But then last week was Memorial, excuse me, Labor Day. And so we didn't even have a show last Monday. So we're back in full force this Monday with the Montana Football Hour with Voice of the Grizz, Riley Corcoran, and myself, Coulter Nuanez. Missed anything in that, we gave you full recaps of Montana's 42-7 victory over Western Illinois, as well as Montana State's 45-7 victory over Drake. A lot of parallels right now between the Bobcats and the Grizzlies. Both teams are big, strong, and fast on defense. Both teams are operating at a high level offensively. Both teams are getting good quarterback play. And both teams, to me, look like they're on a collision course later on in the season. Bedlam in in Missoula, November 20th. Cannot wait for the Bobcat-Grizz game to finally return to the Garden City after it seems like years and years and years. We've been waiting for that one. But if you miss anything in the first hour of today's show, you can find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana, Blackfoot Communications, and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Excited now to welcome in a guy who's become a good friend of mine, and it's been so fun to connect with him, whether it's just talking football or playing golf or you know enjoying a nice steak dinner like we had the other night up at your place. Marty Morningway, he's a former Grizz quarterback and a guy that coached in the NFL for more than two decades. This is the, de- the debut of an awesome new segment, the Monday morning Monday afternoon, rather, quarterback with Marty Morningwig. Coach, thanks so much for being here, man. How you doing? Coulter, it's good to be here. Let's rock and roll. What a great start by the Grizz. It has to be the very best start in the history of the Grizz Nation. Going to Washington, beating a ranked team, and then what a home opener Saturday. Unbelievable atmosphere Saturday night in Missoula. I think that uh, it was very clear that people around the Garden City have missed football quite a bit. I mean, the one thing that's been a little bit short the last couple of years that I, I was always disappointed in because it was the thing when I was at school at Montana was the student section. But they were out partying as well. I mean, it was sold out to the gills and awesome atmosphere. So uh, super, super fun to have football back in the fold here in Missoula and Bozeman all the way around the state of Montana. Let's start with you, though, and your family, because you have one son that's coaching. He's offensive coordinator at Division II level down in Texas. You have another son that's playing for Carroll College. So Saturdays are pretty busy for the, the morning wakes. I'll tell you what, Carroll College, they're one-on-one right now. Bobby Kane played my youngest son, caught a, caught a, a big pass uh, in their latest win, and they had a bye week. However, I will tell you, Coulter, we were at the Grizz, the Washington uh, Stadium, uh, early because my oldest son coaching at MSU Texas, he's offensive coordinator and the quarterback coach, were playing the number five ranked team, Texas A&M Commerce, in Division Two, and they were down twenty-three to nothing. And they win it 31-30. to 30. Oh, man. And then we watch the Grizz beat them up like a borrowed mule. What a great Saturday that was. This is one thing. I think that when you start watching football across the, the collegiate landscape, you realize that obviously there are tiers between the FBS, the FCS, Division II, and, and Carroll, but to, or, and the Frontier. But to me, it's not nearly as profound as I think people think it is. I mean, there is really good players at all these levels of football, right? Oh, absolutely. There's good players coming out of every conference in the country. Uh, It's just that simple. And when you turn a uh, NFL game on and you see the fellas say where they're from and how many small school athletes there are in the NFL, uh, I think it would be surprising to most. Let's start there then because you coached in the NFL for a really long time. And it's been my notion for quite some time that, first of all, I think that the development of a football player can be hindered by hype. I think that if, if it was all linear, then every guy in the NFL would have been a five-star recruit when he was in high school. But that's not true. That's right. And a lot of times it's the motivation for these guys to get better. So, um, I mean, I think that the stat was in the Super Bowl, I think 53% of the guys that played in the Super Bowl last year were not even, they were like two-star or lower recruits. So do you see that? I mean, do you think that maybe not being all that in a bag of chips when you're 18 years old is actually maybe one of the keys to becoming an elite NFL player? Well, two things come to mind. I read an article many years ago. The college all-star teams typically have two or three, three or four star 
players in high school on them. Everybody else is a two-star or less. Some of them were walk-ons. It's crazy. Now, you have to have enough talent. Sure. But that hard work, the toughness, the preparation, uh, a body that's built to play the game yep. goes a long, long way. But a lot of times, two guys don't really truly develop all the way physically until they're older. I mean, J.J. Watt was once upon a time a skinny two-star tight end, but then once he grew into his body and they say, okay, put your hand in the dirt, wow, now he's 6'7", 295, he's multiple-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. It happens all of the time. However, I will say I always love to draft those fellows that were superstars in the 8th grade in the 10th grade, in the 12th grade, all the way through college, they're likely going to do well in the NFL. But there's so many late matures that end up making it to the NFL. And because of all their talent, once they get some really good coaching, they end up catching up and bypassing a man that's not quite as talented but has been good throughout his early career. Let's talk about quarterback play Bradley before we get into some of the best and uh and maybe not so good of the NFL weekend you made your name in the NFL coaching quarterbacks for a long time and I know that I think basically everybody that follows the NFL and follows football period they understand the broad premise that the quarterback is the most impactful and important position in sports basically it is the centerpiece it's the focal point of everything that happens on a football field but it's become even more so in the NFL with some of the rule changes and the way that uh, franchises are structuring their rosters. But all that said, what do you think is the biggest challenge about playing quarterback in the NFL? Because lately we've seen younger and younger quarterbacks make bigger and bigger impacts right away. And we're going to get to some of those guys who have been uh, maybe exceeding expectations early on. But, I mean, what do you think is, is the sort of the, the key factor for people for quarterbacks acclimating at the position at the highest level? Well, to become a great quarterback in the NFL, you have to have a certain amount of talent. And then you mix that with great coaching methods. And then years and years and years of hard work, which many of these young men have gone through. And then you need decision-making, accuracy, timing, and gut instincts. So there's a lot that goes into becoming a great NFL quarterback. The one thing that I think shocks young men and their families to some extent is the media pressure right. and hype. The fella from BYU Zach that's Wilson, yep. with the New York Jets, that was one of my big concerns with him. He's got to clear that hurdle. I just read on the way over that his mama got a little bit upset at the negative tweets or something sure. like this. You know, you can't. You have to almost ignore right. everything Except, but you care very much about what goes on inside of the building. Players, coaches, scouts, equipment men, all that. Those are the people who make it run and ignore all of the rest. Monday afternoon quarterback with Marty Morningwake here on ESPN Radio as well as statewide television, SWX Montana Television. Proud presenting sponsors of the Monday afternoon quarterback, Brett's RV and Marine, as well as Alpine Touch. If you need some good seasoning, if you don't know what Alpine Touch is yet, I don't know if you're a true Montanan, but uh, you're going to go want to pick some Alpine Touch up. I promise you this. Alpine Touch is the best spices you're going to find anywhere. I use that pepper blend on my eggs. I use the traditional, just standard seasoning on my steaks. You can go get the Grand Slam package, alpinetouch.com, or any retail location across the state of Montana. So go get yourself some Alpine Touch. You're going to want to do that for sure. And Brett's RV and Marine, they are proud to be the largest dealer of any Montana dealer when it comes to RVs. They showcase the best inventory in the state at volume discount prices with a service department that stands behind their products. Brett's RV and Marine has been locally owned and operated for more than 50 years. They have 75 RV RV and boat brands to choose from, and they offer the largest inventory under the big sky. Stop by 4800 Grand Creek Road and start your next adventure with your premier RV dealer, Brett's RV and Marine. Coach, I want to ask you two more questions about the quarterback position in the NFL broadly. One, there was a great article in Sports Illustrated by Greg Bishop last year, and it was about the phenomenon of all of these old quarterback, older quarterbacks playing in the league. 
How are guys like Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers, I guess he's now retired, but he was playing last year, and Drew Brees, who's now retired. But, I mean, there was a lot of guys in their late 30s to early 40s playing in the league. And, and basically the premise was that strong arm, mobile, stretch the pocket, all that stuff, it gives you a little bit of an advantage, but really it's right here. That's it's right. in your mind. It's about taking pictures. And the more pictures you have in your brain – the better you're going to be. We see with Tom Brady, he can't run a lick. It doesn't matter because he's got the quickest release in the league still. He's throwing darts. He's not even playing football. He's just tossing darts. So what do you think of that? I mean, why is it that it seems now, this day and age, older guys can play for a lot longer than they ever have before? Well, I will tell you, there are two things that I think are really important to the phenomenon. Number one is rule changes. They're protecting the quarterback way more. If you remember just what... 10, 15, two decades ago, yeah. it was splatter time. Oh, buddy. <laughs> you know, so so guys are staying just a little bit more healthy. They're taking care of themselves. Tom Brady, as you know, he takes care of himself big time. And then, so if you can stay healthy, you're talking about experience. Sure. The pictures, all of those reps. You get better and better as you age as a quarterback. Now, I will tell you, the run-and-gun style goes a long way for two, three, four years. And then you better become no a great drop-back quarterback. Or even still, you're going to get an injury here and there, and it's going to cut your career short. So those are the two things, the rule changes and the experience that you accumulate playing. Very little things surprise a Tom Brady or an aging quarterback. And that will equal an extra three points, an extra seven points every game. And that's what NFL games are. I mean, they're three to seven points. It's amazing. You, I, I always forget every year, two things I always forget, just how competitive every single NFL game is. They almost, I mean, it's very rare you get like what happened with the Saints and the Packers yesterday. It's almost always back and forth all the way the last couple of minutes. But it's also just so startling. The speed, man. I mean, I w- the Grizzlies right now are playing with exceptional speed. And being a Washington Grizz, you could see it on full display Saturday night. It was unbelievable. But then you turn on the NFL, it's not even the same sport. I mean, the speed is just, yeah. it's insane. Yeah, that's where every position has to acclimate, acclimate themselves as a rookie to the speed of the game. Yep. But especially... The quarterback position yep. because it is so much faster. And let me just tell you, it's faster than college. Yep. It's faster than training camp and mini camps. It's faster than preseason. And then once you get down the stretch and into the playoffs, you start lighting it up even more. It is a fast, fast game. Big men, typically big men, moving fast. Last question for you then on the quarterbacks, because you mentioned the fact that you have to mitigate all these distractions. And I, I've thought this for a while. Cam Newton was released in New England, and I think that Cam has regressed physically a little bit. But to me, the number one story there was the fact that you just can't have Cam Newton as your backup quarterback because he comes with so much, so many headlines. That is going to be a distraction for your rookie no matter what because there's going to be a story in the newspaper every day about Cam Newton, even if he's not taking any snaps, right? Well, I, there is something to that. Some organizations and coaches and owners and GMs are a little bit more comfortable with it than others. If you remember, I took Mike Vick with Philadelphia out of the can, right? you, you know, as, as the wildcat backup type right. fellow. So there is something to that. I, you know, going back to the quarterback situation, you are the face of the franchise as well. Yep. There is a little bit of pressure that way uh, as well. So if you're trying to train a young man to become the face of your franchise at the most important position in all sports, like you said, and then you have a man that's already done it to some extent, that's the backup, it chinks at that just a little bit. So understood on that point that you just made. Monday afternoon quarterback with Marty Morningweg here on Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, presented in part by Alpine Touch as well as Brett's RV and Marine. All right, Coach, let's talk about the weekend that was in the NFL. First and foremost, got kicked off with a barn burner, a thriller on Thursday night, back and forth, back and forth. A lot of mistakes, actually, on both sides, some turnovers, but it comes down to the Cowboys marching down the field for what looks like a game-winning drive, but as soon as they scored, I said, nope, they screwed up. They gave Tom Brady too much time. 
Too much time, and I will tell you that goes into preparation, by the way. When you're playing a great quarterback that's excellent in two-minute, even if you're behind, you try to chew as much as as you can. And Look, Tom Brady's team, I believe they turn it over four times. They did. Most teams will not win turning the ball over four times, but because of Tom Brady and some other fellows, they're they're a highly talented team. They ended up overcoming four turnovers. So that gets back, Coulter, first games of the season. Some crazy things tend to happen, and you can't evaluate a team on that first game, even though to the fans – and the owners, to some extent even, it's like a Super Bowl, that first game of the season. No question. And I think that's one thing worth noting. I always put this into the three categories, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because that just helps me organize our conversation. But one of the things I wrote down for the bad was week one overreactions, because I think that you always see it. I still think the Bills are one of the favorites in the AFC, but they, they gave up a, a lead late to the Steelers. And by the way, the Steelers aren't half bad either. I mean, the Steelers are going to get it back on track. They're one of the proud franchises in the in the NFL. Uh, but just overall, I mean, you can't overreact to week one, right? you still got 16 games left to play. That's right. Teams will either get better or get worse. And some of it is because of hard work and preparation and an old-school mentality. Uh, teams that get worse don't have that, or they get decimated by injuries. By week 15... Many of these teams are a totally different team. For sure. Yeah, because of their personnel. They've evolved schematically. Uh, They've learned, uh, usually by game four or five, you sort of know your team just a little bit, but it changes throughout the season because of injury. But you add things and delete things, and you end up doing a great job, coaching staff-wise, of playing to your players' strengths. And it takes some time to figure that out on occasion. When you were coaching in the NFL, do you remember, is there any uh, season opener that stands out to you in terms of the impact it had on your team, whether it was a big win or or a loss early on? Well, I'll tell you, a big win has little effect because sure. it's a marathon season. Right. Uh, I remember in Philadelphia, it must have been maybe 2003. I might be a year off sure. right there. But we got... Don McNabb's third quarterback yes, at that moment. Yes, McNabb's yep. a quarterback. We And it was the opening game of the new stadium, mm-hmm. and we got waxed. I mean, it was ugly by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers came in and beat us up like a borrowed mule. And we recovered. In fact, I believe it was that year we lost our first two ball games, mm-hmm. and it looked ugly. But we knew we were a good team. We recovered, ended up winning the division. I believe that was the year we lost in the NFC Championship game. Well, that was like uh, that was just basically what it was for Philadelphia for a while, right? It was like NFC Championship game every single year. You guys were making some pretty good runs. Yeah, we we did about everything that you could there, except actually win the Super Bowl. We lost that Super Bowl in Jacksonville. Monday afternoon quarterback with Marty Morningweg. Former Grizz quarterback and a longtime offensive coach uh, in the NFL is presented in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's RV and Marine, they have their late summer sale, end of summer clearance sale. Summer may be setting, but savings are on the rise. Get pre qualified today. You can stop by 4800 Grand Creek Road and start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. Uh, all right, coach, by the most eye opening result yesterday was the New Orleans Saints. Hanging it on the Green Bay Packers. There was so much drama surrounding Aaron Rodgers during the offseason. I don't know if I'm ready to say that that was the full cause of the 38-3 loss the Packers suffered, but the silver lining, probably the good, the positive spin out of this thing was Jameis Winston. He's been sort of maligned after having his um, the season in Tampa Bay where he threw a bunch of picks and then basically was forced to be a backup last year. But now he takes the reins, he throws five touchdowns. So what did you think of the New Orleans-Green Bay game? Did not surprise me with Jameis Winston. He's done it before. He's done it in college. He's done it in the NFL. Now, his challenge is to play at that level on a consistent basis. Because if you remember, when when he was playing for the Super Bowl winning coach in Tampa, it would be a great game, and then they'd throw three or four picks. Two great games and throw three or four picks. So that's his challenge, and I, I suspect... His coach in New Orleans, Sean Payton, and years of maturity. There's been a couple years here for him to mature. 
it may very well work where he becomes that high-level player on a consistent basis. Now, the other side surprised me just a little bit, uh, and that didn't look good. But I will tell you, in my experience, the improvement between game one and game two is huge in some cases. Every now and then, it's a big jump between game two and three. But that jump between game one and two might be big for the Green Bay Packers. They've got to get the thing right, though. It looked like they weren't ready to play. It looked like they were out of sorts just a little bit. I think both of those teams are going to end up being two very good teams in the NFL. Let's talk about the Eagles. You were most recently in Philadelphia, your last stint coaching, and... uh, the Eagles have gone through it a little bit since winning the Super Bowl. Uh, oftentimes, it happens like that because of the salary cap and the way things go down. I mean, you win the Super Bowl with a bunch of veterans, and then all of a sudden, guys need to get paid. You can't afford to keep everybody. There's also, like former Los Angeles Lakers coach Pat Riley used to always talk about the disease of me, the disease of more. You know, that everybody wants more. They want more for me. But all that said, it sort of just always ebbs and flows in the NFL. But uh, yesterday in particular, I think a lot of people were thinking the Eagles were going to be Uh, in line for a top-10 pick, but they didn't look like that against Atlanta. Jalen Hurts looked great. I know you were around Jalen Hurts a little bit uh, when he first came out of Oklahoma. Your thoughts on the Eagles' victory? Well, I'm a big Jalen Hurts fan. He's got the talent. He's got the instincts. I thought he made a huge jump when he went from Alabama to Oklahoma as far as throwing the football accurately and decisive. And then he made a big jump with us last year in Philadelphia. People hammered him on his accuracy. Well, he just threw for 77%. Don't bet against Jalen Hurts because he's built the right way. He is a tough, tough man mentally and physically. The Eagles look great. The Atlanta ball club, ah, yeah, didn't look good. They've been sort of spiraling since the Super Bowl meltdown. They've been spiraling since then. Yeah, I'm just not sure if they're quite... If you're just south... Of being talented enough, it's a big gap in the NFL. As a team, if you're just south with your preparation and your hard work for that one week, it could be a slap in the face. That's how important that talent, hard work, and preparation is. Monday afternoon quarterback, Marty Morningway, joined me, Coulter Nuanas, here in studio. This is presented in part by Alpine Touch. Visit alpinetouch.com for all of your spice needs. They also got their sunflower seeds back on the shelves as well, and uh, they also have great barbecue sauce. They have all sorts of stuff for you, no matter what you're doing uh, outside. It's going to be an extended summer. I can already feel it. We're going to have a little bit of late summer weather into September and October, so it's still grilling season. Go check out alpinetouch.com. Uh, I'm a, the only piece of fandom I got left, Coach, is uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, I had under the good, Joe Burrow, and under the bad, the Vikings, because I can always tell the stat line, even if I don't even see a second of the game, when Kirk Cousins throws for 350-plus, that's not good because the Vikings got one of the best running backs in the NFL. That means Dalvin Cook didn't do much, which he didn't yesterday. But on the other side of this, on the positive note, Great to see Joe Burrow back because he's a transcendent talent, and it was really terrible to watch him get hurt last year. So your, your take on the return of the Heisman Trophy winner to Cincinnati. Yeah, Joe Burrow, talented, talented young man. And on occasion, those injuries will set you back a long way. He's recovered from that, and it looks like he's off and running. So what a great story that is already early in a young man's career at the quarterback spot. And then Minnesota, you're exactly right. That head coach's mentality is play great defense, run the football, play action, a little bit of movement, and you win the game 24-10. to And if they're not quite good enough on defense, then Kirk Cousins is going to have to throw for 400, and it's not going to be good. And they're in a pretty good division, I suspect, again this year. Last one for you, Coach. We got to talk about last night's game. I have always been a big-time Matt Stafford fan. I think Matt Stafford has been stuck in a tough situation for the majority of his career, and now he's in Los Angeles. Uh, I'm I'm still not ready to go to fully anoint Sean McVay. I think he's a good offensive mind. I think he got a little bit overhyped when he took the Rams to the Super Bowl in year two. But that aside, Matt Stafford um, has always had the talent. 
And last night you saw what he can do when he has talent around him. So your thoughts on Los Angeles's uh, Sunday night football victory over the Bears? Yeah, a couple of things. Matt Stafford, I love them coming out. Yeah. The man can throw the football. He's got great vision and instincts. Uh, on and on and on. I thought he carried the Detroit Lions for, for sure. many years. For sure. And then all of a sudden, it got to be too much. And then all of a sudden, he's throwing way too many picks. He's getting sacked too much. So now he goes a little bit different system. You can see they're moving him, which is not one of his strengths. But you have to move any quarterback just a little bit to to take care of the oncoming pass rushers. And I think Sean McVay is just a heck of a talented young coach. And he's going to put him in all of these situations that play toward his strengths and then it'll be a little bit conservative so he'll keep him out of the mess that he was in Detroit and and the talent around him is astronomical I think that they've got a really good chance to make a big time run this year as long as they stay healthy and my man Deshaun Jackson Adds a little spice in there as well. I think he's in his, what, 13th, 14th year. He's been in the league forever. Yeah, he can still run and still go track a ball. So you have to, a uh, uh, defensive-minded team has to take that into account on every play that Deshaun Jackson's in. I thought that was a great acquisition with all the other players they have around And shout-out Cooper Cup. It'll never stop being cool for me to see Cooper Cup tearing it up in the NFL I never forget. I watched his second conference game ever when he was a freshman at Eastern Washington, and I remember thinking, "That's a guy I got to get to know because that guy's going to be playing football for as long as he wants." And uh, four years later, he was the most productive receiver in the history of college football at Eastern Washington, and he hasn't missed a beat in the NFL. He is a he's a special special player, and it's fun to watch. Unique player. He sort of went from a big sky Eastern Washington right school. And seamlessly yep. transis- transitioned into the NFL. And to do that, you have to be sort of natural. Yep. You have to be really smart. Yep. You've got to stay healthy. And then you have to have an opportunity. Yep. And all of those things came true for him. And he is wrong. What a fine player he is. He's got the blueprint, too, because his grandfather is an NFL Hall of Famer. His father played in the NFL. So he's got guys giving him some advice on how to operate a little bit, too. And, but, but then you have to take it and go do it That's as right. well. Yeah. And so he's very, very good. Impressive young player. The first of many. We will do this during the 5 o'clock hour on Mondays from here through the end of football. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback with our good friend and friend of this show, Marty Morningweg, here on ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Monday afternoon quarterback is presented proudly by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's RV and Marine has their end of summer clearance sale. Summer may be setting, but savings are on the rise. So go get pre-qualified today. Brett's RV and Marine has been locally owned and operated for more than 50 years, so stop by 4800 Grant Creek Road and start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. Coach, phenomenal. Thanks so much for swinging by. You're making my mouth water talking about that Alpine Spice. Go get some. That's exactly right. The Missoula Paddleheads, they're rolling. They got a chance to to, uh, take the championship for all the marbles starting tonight. Down at Oregon Park Allegiance Field, Paddleheads won their one-game playoff to get into the Pioneer League Championship Series. The Boise Hawks are in town tonight. Jeff Safford, the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, will give us a preview as the baseball season winds to an end in the Garden City. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home. Missoula Sports Center. 
The Grizz continued to dominate defensively. Brent Vegan earned his first win at Montana State, and Florence and Loyola each posted huge victories over the weekend. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. The Montana Grizzlies played their first game at Washington Grizzly Stadium since December 5th of 2019, drilling Western Illinois 42-7 in front of a capacity crowd under the light Saturday night in Missoula. The Grizz defense has not allowed a single point in 115 minutes of game time and has given up just one offensive touchdown this season on an opening drive to the number 20 Washington Huskies in Seattle in Montana's season opener. UM allowed Western Illinois just 151 yards of total offense, rolling up six sacks and 11 tackles for loss in the process. Montana senior Cam Humphrey threw five touchdowns and the Grizz rushed for 242 yards despite their top three running backs missing the contest with various injuries. The Grizz have a bye this week. Montana State opened its home slate with a 45-7 drubbing of Drake in front of a capacity crowd for NSU's annual Gold Rush game at Bobcat Stadium Saturday night. Matt McKay threw for 256 yards and three touchdowns, including two to Willie Patterson, and MSU senior Lance McCutcheon hauled in seven passes for 121 yards and a 45-yard score as Vegan posted his first win as Bobcat head coach. Montana State hosts San Diego on Saturday. And finally, in the high school ranks, number one Florence destroyed number seven Three Forks 43-0, while Missoula Loyola pulled out a 2014 win over defending Class B state champion Manhattan in overtime. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Garden City Plumbing and Heating. One, two, three. Everyone is now on ESPN Radio. Welcome back. Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport is located in Missoula at the corner of Stevens and Mount and also available online, nwmsrocks.com. Awesome show so far. And as one thing begins, that's college football around the great state of Montana. Another thing starts to come to an end, but there's still a lot in front of the Missoula Paddleheads. Saturday night, the Paddleheads punched their ticket to the Pioneer League Championship Series. They took down the Idaho Falls Chuckers in an 11-2 victory to move into the Championship Series, which begins tonight. Ogren Park Allegiance Field against the Boise Hawks. We go now to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads. The guy has been doing a phenomenal job for us here at ESPN Radio all season long. He's Jeff Safford. Jeff, this is what play-by-play guys dream about, one-game playoffs into then a championship playoff series. Just your thoughts on Saturday night's victory and uh, punching that ticket to the championship series for the Paddleheads. Well, it sure was an exciting night for Missoula. I mean, Michael Schlack touched on it after the game. Whenever you go into a post-season scenario like that where you're playing a one-game playoff, it's a little bit nerve-wracking, you know, anything can happen in one game despite the Paddleheads having so much success, but he really felt that his team just once that first pitch went by that they locked in and it was just another game and he was happy with how they executed the game plan and when you can hold down a chucker offense like that that ranked first in a lot of different categories in the Pioneer, whether it be on base percentage or batting team batting average, first in doubles, first in triples. When you hold a team like that to two runs and just one extra base hit the entire night, obviously they did their job, and here they are just a couple of wins away potentially from a Pioneer League championship. This was uh, probably a lot of pressure for these guys coming into this game because it was a one-and-done scenario. The Battleheads took home the pennant for both the first and second halves of the Pioneer League season, but it still just came down to one game, and if they would have lost, it would have been all but over. So what was the feeling amongst the team? Could you feel that pressure, or did you think they were kind of just a confident group coming in? 
You know, like I've kind of been talking about, when it's a one-game scenario, it definitely was a little bit uneasy. But um, I think this team was confident. They've been playing with a certain level of confidence all season long. And I think they just tried to focus on the things that have gotten them there and give credit to Michael Schlack and Bobby Brown, Mason Prisbella, the coaching staff. They put a great plan together on attacking that Chucker Club. And now they're here in the championship series. And... Anything can happen. This Boise team has been playing good baseball here in the second half, so I'm looking forward to a good series. Jeff Safford, voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, joining us here on Nuanas Now. The Paddleheads take on Boise Hawks in the first of a three-game series, or I guess a best of two out of three uh, series. So, Jeff, just take us through the format of this thing. Uh, basically, two wins, and the Paddleheads are champions of the Pioneer League, but what, what sort of just the next week look like? Yes, it's, um, like you mentioned, it's the best two out of three series. And the first game, obviously, being tonight in the Garden City, there are a couple of tickets still available. So if you want to come out to the yard tonight and support the Paddleheads, come on down. We'd love to have you here. You you can go online, get your tickets, go paddleheads.com, or come to the box office. That opens up about an hour before first pitch. But um, in terms of the schedule for the rest of the week, after tonight, tomorrow, it will be a travel day as... This series will now shift to Memorial Stadium after tonight. And Game 2 will be on Wednesday night at 6.30 from Memorial Stadium in Boise. And then, if necessary, Game 3 would be the next night on Thursday. But again, if either team were to win the first two, then obviously that third game would not be played. So that's kind of what the schedule we got lined up for this week. What do you anticipate being the biggest difference uh, in this championship series compared to some of the regular season matchups between these two teams? Well, the biggest thing will be the strategy of the pitching, considering that obviously this being a three-game series, if you lose one game, it's not the end of the road like a one-game playoff like the panel has just played. But still, you're two games away from a league championship, so I would expect both teams to throw the book basically at one another pitching wise seeing a lot of starting pitchers come in in relief stints throwing on short rest whatever it takes to get yourself to the finish line because you really don't have to worry about tomorrow because there aren't very many tomorrows left and there's a league championship on the line another thing to look for will be potential timely pinch hitters and the one guy that I would take a look at on the Missoula side especially is Luke Navigato, a guy that's been struggling with injuries all season long, has popped out his shoulder a couple times, um, dislocated his shoulder, did so in late July, was on the inactive list for about a month or six weeks, but was activated just before the end of the regular season. Only got a couple of at-bats in game settings, was the DH in the last game of the regular season, but when he's been out there, has been a very productive bat, hitting around 350, 15 doubles in 30 games or so. So a very good bat and could potentially be used in a big spot down the stretch off the bench as kind of a role player type guy, kind of a Roy Hobbs, if you will, if you follow baseball, kind of hobble him out there and hopefully he can swing the bat. So hopefully he'll be able to come through if called upon in this series and See some wacky pitching exchanges. Another thing also to keep in mind is that there will be no knockouts. So we've seen the knockout rounds take place after the ninth inning. And during the regular season, that will not be the case. In the postseason, it will be old school, extra innings baseball. The Hawks had to play a 12-inning, five-hour marathon just to get to this point. So could be in for something like that on a Monday night here in Missoula. When it comes to pitching... By the way, Jeff Safford, Missoula Paddleheads. He's the voice of the Paddleheads joining us here on Nuanas now. When it comes to pitching rotations and, I guess, pitching substitutions, how you go to the bullpen, this is sort of it. I mean, there's only going to be at the maximum three games left. So you expect there to be sort of all caution thrown to the wind and uh, see as many of the best pitchers as both of these squads have? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw Matt Dallas, the ace of the Boise Hawks, even tonight for an inning or two if they felt... The need for it, even though he was the starting pitcher in that one-game playoff the other night. Because like you said, there really is 
no tomorrow. And we saw it a little bit in that playoff game when the Hawk or the um, the other bird, Idaho bird, when the Chuckers were here with their starter, Nick Floyd, who was struggling a bit in the first inning. A lot of times during the regular season, you'll see the manager try to ride it out a little bit, at least trying to get him through two or three. But that was not the case at all. He was running into a little bit of trouble, a couple of walks, couple runs on the board, and boom, that was it. He was out of there. So that's the type of thing I would expect to see in this series as well. If you see a starting pitcher go out there and struggle even a little bit, show a little bit of vulnerability, he could very well be out of the game very quickly. They could be going with the bullpen from that point on, throwing caution to the wind, knowing that it's two wins, and it doesn't matter how you get there. You just got to get them some way anyway. Will the regular season matchups between these two teams play a factor in this? And if so, what can you take from those that maybe uh, sets trends or, or you know, is, is sort of a preview of what we might see this next uh, week or so? Well, if you look at how these two teams matched up in the regular season, you would see that Missoula had the big edge for the majority of the time going 10-2 and two during the regular season, but... This is a very different Boise club than what we saw in the first half, seeing a lot more power. That's the main thing that's led to the improved Boise Hawk club is they have a number of right-handed batters that can really swing it from a power perspective, whether you're looking at Gonzalez, Ediquiel Gonzalez, or Vladimir Golindo, two guys, both over 20 home runs on the regular season. They're going up there trying to pull the ball and have great power numbers. They're third in the league in home runs, so that's something that they will look to do much better than what they've done in the past. But also I think their pitching has been a lot better. It was kind of Matt Dallas and everybody else, so to speak, at the beginning of the season. But now you've seen young guys like Matt Gabbard. And kind of an interesting story Gabbard is. He was kind of a refugee, so to speak, from that Boise State baseball program that was lost due to Title IX. Gabbard's here now with his old manager from Boise State, Gary Van Tall the manager of the Boise Hawks, only 19 years old, but he's pitched very well against these Missoula Paddleheads in the past, so that will definitely weigh into the decision if, if he comes in at some point. But, but looking at how these two teams played against each other during the regular season, you can't put everything when getting ready for those games just on the regular season because you're looking at two different clubs, even the Paddleheads. We've seen new guys show up like Jason Newman, A.J. Wright has been fantastic. The switch hitting Chris Isay, the former Billings Mustang, also in the lineup tonight for Missoula. So they look different in numerous aspects also. So I'm I'm sure there's going to be a lot of adjustments made in series in these next couple of games. So it will be fun to see. Exciting for Missoula, exciting for us here at ESPN Radio, and excited for you, Jeff, to be able to call a championship series. You've done a great job all summer, and uh, a great reward for you. The Missoula Paddleheads playing in the Pioneer League Championship Series beginning tonight, Ogren Park, Allegiance Field, 7.05, first pitch. If you cannot make it down the field, you can find all the action right here on 102.9 ESPN Radio. And uh, this guy, Jeff Safford, he'll be on the call. Jeff, best of luck with the call tonight. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, sounds good, Coulter. Thank you. Take you home on a Monday, give you a preview of Tuesday. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. ESPN Radio. We, uh, 
remind me tomorrow, Tommy. I read a hilarious um, analysis of Pearl Jam. We don't have time for it today. But when I read it, I thought Tommy could have for sure written this just shredding Pearl Jam to shreds. I can't wait for this tomorrow. I can't either. You want us now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Awesome show today. Thanks for everybody for swinging on by. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joined me for the Montana Football Hour, breaking down both Montana and Montana State's resounding football victories over the weekend. We also debuted an awesome new segment, the Monday Afternoon Quarterback with Marty Morningweg breaking out all the NFL storylines coming out of the first weekend of the NFL. And we also heard from Jeff Safford, the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, as the Paddleheads prepare for the first game of a best two out of three Pioneer League Championship Series that starts tonight in Missoula against the Boise Hawks. Thanks to everybody who swung by our pregame show on Saturday before the uh, Grizz game. We had a box outside, tunnel registrations for our, uh, our Twisted Tea giveaway. It's our Twisted Tea uh, tailgate show. And we have a chance for uh, two camp chairs and a vintage Twisted Tea cooler. And I did the drawing right now. And congratulations to Casey. So you don't need to do anything, no callers or anything like that. I have the winning ticket right here. So congratulations to Casey. We'll give you a call. We'll figure out a way to get you your Twisted Tea chairs and coolers. But thanks to everybody for swinging by. We'll be at the Chamber of Commerce parking lot for an hour and a half before and an hour after each Montana home game. So be sure to come on and swing by our ESPN Twisted Tailgate College Game Day show. Bunch of good people coming on tomorrow as well. We'll hear from Andrew Houghton. We'll hear from Bryson Smith. He's from the Missoula Country Club. Justin Angle and much more. See you tomorrow, 4 p.m. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.